Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Okay, God is holy. I want you to say this, God is holy. All right. Let's talk about holiness for a moment. The word holy is this word that's been used in the Bible for a long time, right? I mean, it goes all the way back. When you, when you actually try to define the word holy, I mean, when I say God is holy, if I was to do an exercise with you to get you to, to define that, I'm sure you would have some words that would kind of explain holiness, but they've never actually really been able to completely define this word holy. It's, all, it's more like an, an, an expression that kind of is, explains the nature of God, but at the same time, because God is this mystery, He is this being that exists apart from us, and He is this being that exists sort of um, not within the span of time that we live in, he's, and, and he's, in, he's a spirit. This, this word holy is kind of like, <coughs> it's a noun, it's a verb, it's, a, it's all of those at the same time. It's who He is, it's what He does, it's what He's about, it's His character. When, when, when you say this word holy, God is holy, it's, it's almost like saying this is the godness of what makes God, God. Right? When you say this word holy, it's, it's the godness of God. When you, when you look at the, the, um, the etymological studies of the word holy, there's two words that, that are connected to it. It means separation. So uh, it's not a part of something, so it's been separated, it's been put aside for something, and it also means brightness. Brightness, it stands out. That kind of explains God, right? He's separate, he's, he's, he's aside, he's different to us, but he stands out. In the Old Testament, when you read the, the Bible and you look at the word holy, whenever that word comes up, it always comes out as, as to cut. To be, a, to be cut aside or to be separate. So when, it, when, when in the Old Testament, when it's talking about God being holy, it was that He was separate. That He wasn't a part, of, a part of the normal sort of life that everyone lived. He was different. He, he operated in a different set of rules, in a different paradigm, in a different way. That's who God is. And when you also look at it in the Old Testament, when you look at the holiness of God, it, it's, it's the transcendence of God. He doesn't operate within the same set of rules that we operate in. He's not kept to a physical body. Yes, thank you. I don't know why my throat is being funny. It's the pollution. Okay, transcendence over creation. The other thing about God's holiness, and this is what I'm saying, there's so much that when you, talk, when you say this word holy, there's another aspect to it. It's the purity of God. He is morally perfect. He's morally perfect. When you talk about God, you talk about a being that has never sinned, that cannot sin. He's morally perfect. He has this moral law that is perfectly kept. So when Jesus came, He didn't sin. Right? And that's what, what, what made Him stand out amongst everyone. Is like, here is this being living the life that everybody else is living, yet He's not sinning. They were trying to make Him sin, but they couldn't. So Psalm 99 verse 1 to 5, it says this about God, and this is talking about His holiness. It says that the Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, that's angels, let the earth shake. This is talking about God, okay? 
Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted all, all, over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Awesome name. He is holy. The King is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity in Jacob. You have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord your, our God and worship at His footstool. He is holy. He is holy. Where is His footstool? Where is His footstool? Well, let's, let, let's check out where His footstool is. Isaiah 66. The next slide is going to be amazing. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. When you start talking about the holiness of God, this is something in the divine attributes of God that makes Him stand separate and stand aside is the fact that, oh, hold on a second, He's the earth? Now just think about how big the earth is for a moment. It's kind of big. That's His footstool. Anybody got a footstool at home? It's a little thing that you put your feet on when you're sitting. Okay? Where is, the house you, where, where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? So, and so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look, to, look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. In the book of Revelations, it, 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 it reflects back to an Old Testament scripture. And John, he was a, he was a guy who had this vision and writ, wrote the book of Revelation. And it was an amazing vision because in this vision, he had all of these things that lined up with the rest of the Bible. That's the thing about the book of Revelations. It's this amazing book that talks about the end times. It also has, it talks about now and present for us. But, but it, it's all in a vision. And it all lined up with the rest of the Bible, the other 66 books of the Bible, right? And, and John, um, the revelator in, in, in Revelation, when he, he sees the throne room of heaven, he sees God. This is what he says. Uh, uh, it's uh, also in front of the throne. There was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, Holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They never stop saying it. You know why they never stop saying it? It's because they keep seeing another attribute to God that they realize He is God and we're not. He is separate to us and we are, we are, we are looking to Him. He is different. He operates and every time they see another attribute, have you looked at a diamond that's been cut? You look at it from every different angle and you see a different fractal of light that's coming through. It's like that with God, except it never ends. It's eternal because He is holy. He's holy. He's holy. And when Scripture calls God or individual persons of the Godhead, meaning the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. When, when Scripture calls God holy, the word signifies everything about God that sets Him apart from us and makes Him an object of three different things for us. Either awe, 
adoration, or thirdly, dread. Or adoration or dread. These present attributes of God cause these one of these three things in us. Have you ever been to somewhere like Mount Everest and seen that place? Have you ever stood before something in this world where you realize how small you are and you kind of, you have this feeling of like, wow, that's all. And then you have this feeling of like, goodness, that's amazing, that's adoration. And then you have this feeling of like, man, I'm so small, that's dread. This is what happens when we begin to see God. I've had so many people come and say to me, oh, I've seen Jesus and I just felt so much love, you know, I felt love. And yes, He is love. And so often these people have seen a picture of something that they've seen when they're driving through Bandra, you know. It's like a statue of Jesus. They're like, I've seen Jesus. Yes, so have I. I saw him on the way to, to church this morning. He had a six-pack and his arms were out like this and he was stuck on the cross. He's just stuck there. He can't get off. I've seen Jesus. You know, if, you, if, if, if these things don't happen when you see God, I don't know that you've truly met him yet. Because when you truly begin to see God, it's the best day of your life, but it's also the worst. Because you realize how small and insignificant you are before Him. You know, you know all of these things in nature. One of, one of the things in nature I, I, I just love is this picture that I found of, that was taken by the Hubble telescope. If we can just put that up. I mean, look at this. I mean, that's just out there. Now, when I, when I look at that, I go, wow, that's awesome. And then I go, that's incredible, that's amazing. Wow, I'm just so inspiring. But then I go, what in the heck is out there in space? Like, what is going on out there? I don't even know about it. They can't even find the end of it. They're still trying to find where it ends. They can't. They were going to just keep on expanding. How does that even operate? How does that work? Like, I don't understand, man. And, and these things, all of these things in nature, these are all aspects of the holiness of God. You've got to understand this. It's there in nature. This is symbi- something like this picture symbolizes the holiness of this king, God, who is holy, who is bigger than us. But then the Bible says this, and this is where it's just, I get messed up. The Bible says this in 1 Peter. It says, it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 to 16. Read this with me. I mean, this is crazy. But just, but just as he who called you is holy, we're talking about God, so be... What? Hold on. No, just one. That's a different word. We've just been talking about the holiness of God. So just God saying, just as I am holy, you be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now let me tell you something. When God says this, this is not just talking about morality. When God says, 
be holy as I am holy. He's not just talking about morality. He's not just talking about wrong and right. And so often we look at a scripture like this and we just make it about wrong and right. That is an incorrect and incomplete view of scripture. God is not just saying, just be a good person, do the right thing. You know, don't take the bribe and don't do this and don't do that and don't do that and do the blah, 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 blah. We make it just about that. We have put religion on our head and we are following a rule that is not biblical. When God says, be holy as I am holy, He is saying, have the same attributes as me. Live in the way I live. He's calling us into something that is way bigger than anything we can imagine and anything we could ever dream of having. It's something that you can never get on your own. It's something that you can never have without Him opening the door to you having it. The holiness of God. Be holy as I am holy. What does that even mean? How do I even be holy? Now, moral purity... Or, or, or righteousness, or doing the right thing, that is a part, that is actually a huge element of holiness. I mean, God couldn't be God if He was not morally pure. So it is an element. But He is calling us to separation. He wants you to, and I to be different. He's calling us into something greater. And that separation is caused by transcendence, where we begin to live above the normalness of life. We begin to walk through trials. We begin to walk through tribulations. We begin to walk through things and step through it. And miracles, miracles, I nearly said miracles, miracles begin to happen because we are walking in Christ. Where we begin to go through moments where there is no work and we don't know what's going on and something happens and we still are able to keep on marching through and keep on going. Where we can walk into times of our lives that are completely trying us and where we are at the end of ourselves, where we don't know if we're going to make it to the next day because of our emotions or because of our, our own limitations or because of what we've walked into. And we walk in anyway because God has made us transcendent because He has put His holiness on us. Is anybody excited here? Because I'm really excited about this. The other thing that God puts on you when, 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 when the Bible talks about God is light, it's talking about holiness. He makes you begin to stand out. Let me tell you something. It is purity that will make you stand out above everybody else in the crowd. Purity. I just hate how the devil has tricked the church into making it think that it's all about just being a good person. Oh, you know that Christian, you know, she's such a great person. She doesn't, she doesn't lie and she doesn't do all of those things. She's so nice, you know. She's such a lovely person because she's a Christian, because she's a Christian. <clears throat> being a follower of Jesus is not for a moment about that. You will be made pure. Because the Most High God will come into your world and will begin to redeem you out of the junk that you have in your world and begin to pull you out as you follow Him. He will do that. You won't be left as you are. You know, God loves you. Uh, we, we, something we say all the time around here is God loves you. He, he accepts you as you are, but He does not want to leave you as you are. He wants to make you holy. He wants to have you transcend. He wants you to walk through life in victory. 
He wants you to be able to proclaim the goodness of God over every situation and everything that God that, that you have gone through and that you're in right now. Can I get an amen? Can I get someone to preach with me? <laughs> He's going to make you stand out. God is light. He's going to make you light. But we don't feel holy. We don't feel holy. Anybody feel holy around here? <laughs> it's like Tourette's, hand Tourette's. Oh, whoops, I didn't mean to put that up. You know, we feel insufficient. You know, when Isaiah the prophet, and he was a man of God, stood before God, when he saw God, this is what happened for him. It's in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. It's what happened for him. He said, woe is me. I'm ruined. Oh, yeah, I saw God. It was so peaceful and it was so nice. And I felt like this, you know, shanty, shanty. <laughs> woe is me. Oh, my gosh, I've seen him. It's God. I'm ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips. I can see my own sin. I can see that he is different to me. I am separate to him. And I live among all my friends. Well, oh, man, you think I'm bad. You should see that. <laughs> and my eyes, they've seen the king. We talked about who the king was last week. The Lord Almighty. Who feels like that? I feel like that. I've had moments where I've been praying and God has shown up in His Holy Spirit, in the form of the Holy Spirit, and filled the room. And I'm like, where all of my efforts, where all of my big words, where all of my theology and my doctrines and my reading and my this and my that and my big pastor title or whatever, all just goes away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, God is here. Who wants that? That's for everybody. That's for each of you as you pray, as you, as you walk in with Christ. How do we get this holiness? How does it begin to walk in our lives? How do we, how do we have this transcendent nature of God? How do we have this set-apart nature of God in our world? It's in Hebrews 10, chapter 11 to 18. You've got to understand something. We are made holy. This is something that God does. This is something that God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ, day after day. This is talking about a, a, a physical priest who's gone and seen a priest. But this is talking about another priest, and the priest that this is talking about is Jesus. Day after day, every, priest's, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Okay? Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. In other words, cannot make you pure, holy. But when the priest, this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, this particular priest, he sat down at the right hand of And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. He makes us holy by his sacrifice that he has done, this holy priest. He is our priest. He is our priest. 
He has made a sacrifice that finished everything for you so that you could claim holiness. Legally, you can claim it before God if you claim the name of Jesus and you claim allegiance to Him. See, the devil knows something when it's talking about his enemies. The enemy still is operating in this world. Now, the enemy knows one thing about you and I. He knows that we are going to struggle with purity. He knows that it's going to be difficult for us to follow God's moral law completely and wholly. In fact, he knows that it's impossible for us, that we are going to be letting down God, that we are going to sin. But Jesus has made a way so that as we walk with Him, that as we follow Him, we can come back to Him constantly because the sacrifice has already been made. And you are being made pure as well as you are pure already. I don't know if you understand what I just said, but you are being made pure. It's a process. God has got a process going on for each one of you. You are being made pure. At the same time as you are completely pure. You don't have to worry so much about your purity if you're constantly going back to God. Now, I'm not not saying you don't have to worry about sin. You do have to worry about sin because it is causing impurity in you. And God wants you to come out of whatever it is that you are struggling with in sin. And and, and you know, this, this whole thing with purity, this whole thing with holiness... Why, why, would I, why would I need to talk about this for us? Well, I need to talk about this for us. Is that if it's not pure, your behavior, it's not of God. And if it's not of God, it doesn't have life in it. The most expensive diamonds in the world are not the biggest diamonds. You know that? I could go and get you a really big, big, big diamond and, and, and you would be like, wow, that's a big diamond. But an expert, we have lots of jewelers in this city, an expert would look at that diamond and say, it's not worth much. Why would he say it's not worth much? Because it's not pure. God is coming. <laughs> Might not be able to hear that in the recording, but there's a big noise outside. Just kidding. I would be, it would be fun if we actually was. I, I arranged it. No, just kidding. Diamonds. <coughs> i got to finish. I, I learned this about diamonds when I was choosing Rachel's ring. There was a bigger diamond that was more slightly, they call it slightly included. And there was a smaller diamond. The smaller diamond was worth more because it was purer. So I bought her the smaller one at the time within my budget. You know, with addictions, the stuff of this world that us humans struggle with. If you look at the results of those things, you know, we've, we've made it so much about, oh, you know, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. It's not that it's wrong. It's just that it's not God's best for you. And the results of whatever that thing is. And I, I, I'm really not here to make anyone feel bad but more I'm here to inspire holiness and purity and inspire you to push on into what God has for you if there's things in your world even simple things man even simple things 
It could be an eating disorder. It could be, it could be a, it could be a, a an addiction to to stuff on TV that you just can't stop watching. You can't stop. You know, you're just getting a. You, you, if you look at if, if you look at like a person who's looking at too much TV constantly, if you do a brain scan of their brain, you'll see that their brain isn't operating in the way God actually needs it to operate. You see a person who's not able to get enough sleep at night, they, they're just, they just got this stuff going on and they're, they're, they're working too much or they, they, I don't know, whatever, we have this big problem in Mumbai where people just don't sleep enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what time did you go to bed last night? Oh, 3 a.m., yeah, I'm a bit tired. And it's like, <laughs> sun went down at, you know, 6 a.m., 6 p.m., you, know, you go to bed around 10, 10, 11, 30. You'll find most of the bad things only happen at, at 3 a.m. in the morning because everyone should be asleep. Why, why, why? It's, it's, not, it's not about wrong or right. It's about God's best for you. You go and, you go and, take, go and take a, go to the hospital, go to the morgue and cut open. I, don't, I know you don't want to do this. Cut open a, a, a person's lungs who's been smoking all their life and you put him next to a person who hasn't been smoking all of his life, you'll see what's holy and what's not. See, it's about what God's best is. God wants you free of that stuff. He wants you free of smoking. He wants you free of it. You've got to walk into purity. You've got to claim it. It's going to, it's going to cost you something. It's going to hurt. You've got to walk into it. The enemy knows this. He knows that he can rob you of your future. He can rob you of your destiny by robbing your purity. And as I was thinking about this, and I, oh man, I've got to finish. Let me just read this to you. I wrote this and I thought it was pretty good. I thought I want to share it with you. The one thing the enemy is going to go after is your purity. Because he knows it's the one thing that will separate you and I from this holy God. That is why the most attractive and the most lucrative opportunities, opportunities, that promise fast and large payoffs will require laying down of one's purity. It'll be something fast. It'll be something that you can get around. It'll be something quicker than everybody else got. The enemy knows that if he can take your purity, he's got you. Because you're separate from this holy God and you're separate from the source of life. You're separate from the relationship. He'll, and then he'll pour on the guilt. Who's felt guilty? I'm not here to make anyone feel guilty. I may, I'm here to encourage you to walk in purity. He'll, 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 make, he'll be like, yeah, see what you did. See what you did. See what you're doing. See the life you're living. See everybody can see you. See, 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 see. You're just a dot, 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 this and that and the other. Who knows what I'm talking about? The enemy knows this and he's going to put you in a place where there will be something that is worth something to you. Whether it be money, whether it be a, a relationship that is not meant to happen, whether it's a married man or a married woman who is, you know, looking to go beyond the marriage bed, whether it's a, whether it's a, it's a business deal, whether it's a, you know, some sort of thing, there's opportunity where you know that it's going to rob you of your purity in, in what you do. But the payoff is just, well, <laughs> I have to think about that because the payoff is so good. The enemy knows what you're worth and what will buy you. Let me tell you that. He knows the figure on your head. But this is what I said in what I was writing. 
The devil knows how much purity is worth, actually worth. And if he can buy one's soul with things like gold or flesh, he knows he has bought this at a severe discount. As he knows he has not got the ability to buy purity for what it's actually worth. Because a soul is worth the death of God, Christ Himself. That's how much your soul and your purity is worth. And if He can get you with a figure and separate you and pull you out of the relationship that you have with God by robbing you of your purity, He's got you. And then He's going to keep you there with guilt. And then he's going to introduce religion to you and say, if you just do this, then God will be happy. If you just do that, then God will be happy. Just do these 10 things. This boom, boom, boom. Oh, I'll do that and then I'll be okay. There was only one thing that brought the purity that God required. It was Jesus, his death and resurrection. I'm going to finish on a scripture. Who's feeling a little bit like, whoa. Because I felt like a little bit like, whoa, when I read this. And I was like, okay, God, this is going to be an interesting Sunday morning for everyone. (laughs) But I want to inspire you with this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. I love this scripture. In fact, it's one of the scriptures that has built this church. One of the scriptures that I look to for the vision of our church and what we do. This is talking about you. This is Jesus speaking to you and you and you and you and you. He's speaking to you. Saying you are the light of the world. If I can just go back and remind you of what I said with the etymology of the word holy. The separation and brightness. You know, so often people are looking for the shortcuts to stand out in life. Let me tell you something. It is your purity that will make you stand out. It is your holiness that will make you stand out. It is what God has put in you that will make you stand out. And He's going to put you on a hill. You are the light of the world, people. Church, C3 Mumbai, Church of Mumbai. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither did the people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone else in the world. They're going to see God because of you. Why? Because you've done something special? No, because of the purity that just exudes out of you. The holiness of God. That's what's going to make you stand out. Make the one thing that you do in, in Christ and in your walk in life in this world that you, to, to, to be pure before the Lord. Don't let the enemy buy you. There may be some stuff in your world that you need to just lay down and just go, I'm not doing that anymore. It's not robbing me anymore of what God has for me. I lay it down. And God will begin to lift you up in ways that you never ever recognized or realized would happen. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others. What is that? 
It's your holiness. It's your holiness. That they may see your good deeds. Is this about just doing good deeds? No. This is based on the law. What are good deeds before God? Good deeds before God is fulfilling the law. Who fulfilled the law for us? Christ. How do we fulfill the law? We stay in Christ. And we don't let anything separate us from that. And that is going to cost us something in times where we have to give up ways and things and stuff and, and old things that we have held on to that we, we kind of walking into God and we're like, oh, but I want to keep some of this stuff because it makes me feel nice and it's my security blanket. Jesus, can I keep this? He's saying, no, let go. It's, 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 it's robbing you of your future. And one day you're going to stand before me and you don't want to have the devil say, I bought him. I own him because they, you know, that time, God, and they've kept that. They haven't repented of that. And God says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you've been bought. I tried to purchase you with my life. But you let yourself be bought. that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Can I encourage you to purity today? See, you've got to understand, when you talk about the holiness of God, in the New Testament, the holiness of God is all about the holiness of you. In the Old Testament, it talks about the holiness of God. It's there repeatedly. The holiness of God, the separation of God, the cutting off of God, the, the, who God is, this amazing and this, this being the Father. But then, in the New Testament, it switches the holiness of you. And that's only possible through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And He is here present right now. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at c3mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 